We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, three. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and today with me, as always, Lou, the forgiven one, Moreno. <laughs> I have been forgiven. <laughs> I have not risen. I have not fallen, but I am forgiven. Two days ago, no, the last show, or was it the show before that I called you the chosen one? Uh, I think it was the last one. So because of that, I'm uh, I'm going off of that. If you couldn't tell, I might have a little bit of a slur in my speech and uh, struggle talking a little bit, which may be good actually, because I'm my tongue is genuinely in pain. Painful. I got my uh, my COVID vaccine finally figured out. Adlib figured out and. Um, uh, while going through my body's recovery of it, I think I got like a cut on my tongue or like a, like a little bacterial infection or something on my tongue. So my tongue is like really swollen and like, I got like a blister on the side of it right now. So it's like, it genuinely hurts to talk too much. So I might have a slight, I'm like trying really hard not to have a, a slur in my speech, but this is unfortunate. You're just going to have to look For at For all you lucky listeners, you are hearing a unique form of DK. It's called I'm Licky Lips DK. Licky Lips. I'm in freaking pain, DK. My tongue. I can't even eat, bro. Like, this is this is it's bad. But uh, on that note, I'm going to shut up for the first time since we've started this show. <laughs> uh, and uh, I got my little uh, Donkey Kong mug. Thank you, Bob Horn. I went to go visit Bob this week. Nice. And he gave me this Donkey Kong mug as a gift. I'm still rocking with the same Lawton cup. Yes, shout out to Lawton Audio. Um, also, uh, today's episode, we are dedicating this episode to our newest sponsor of the show. Da-da-da-da. Who is it? Oh, shoot. It is Isotope. Isotope. Yeah. Just so you guys know, we didn't plan that, but it's just nice that we at least said it at the same time. Yes, yes. we harmonized um, on accident. Isotope. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about Isotope today and specifically about a few different things. Um, and they, I'm just going to be totally blatantly honest with you. They wanted us to talk about their new... Uh, monthly programs that they have. They have a producer's club and the music production suite pro. The latter is what I use. There you go. There you, yes, actually we both use that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, they both have, they're both like a monthly subscription fee thing where you can get a certain amount of their plugins. The producer's club has like their producer centric plugins, um, nectar, neoverb, neutron, ozone, tonal balance, vocal synth, uh, melodyne, melodyne is five essential. 
which is really dope. Yeah. I think uh, oh, yeah. I don't I think that having Melodyne in um in a monthly subscription like this is not common, so it's really dope. It's really not, but that's kind of the cool thing. Um I believe that they've had Melodyne involved uh for a while, but I know that there's other companies that do other things, but this is actually really nice that aside from giving you some vocal effect tools, they give you some vocal correction tools. Yes. And then the Music Production Suite Pro, which both Lou and I do have, um, they that has a few more things, like Insight, which I've talked a lot about. Actually, that's one of the plugins I want to talk about today. Insight Tonal is really Balance dope. Tonal Balance Control is cool in it, too. Tonal Balance Control. That's in both of them. The Visual Mixer. The Visual Mixer, so like if you've seen the ads with the Isotope, where you can like, instead of riding faders and regular mixing, you can like place them in a field. It's kind of cool. What? So it's kind of like visual mixing. I haven't tried that one yet. It's cool. Um, I've never used it as well, but uh, and then there's like uh, they have RX Pro as well. RX is really important, as you we've mentioned in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so yeah, today we want to talk a little bit about Isotope, and honestly, I'm trying to do less of the talking because uh, every time you let me talk, Lou, you're you're being mean. <laughs> and uh, I just like watching you suffer. You call me no. a sadist. I don't know. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, so um. Wow, this is so weird that like it hurts to talk because usually I'm really good at talking. But I guess I'll go first and talk about uh, tonal balance control. Do you use Insight? Uh, I don't actually. Funny enough, I actually started using tonal balance control because of you. I saw how you were using it not not as a as a strict roadmap of what is balanced out in a mix, but it's kind of a nice tool to remind yourself like, hey. If you start having it scan the music you're used to listening to, if you're in an unfamiliar room, it's a really good tool to actually have as a reference of where your bass really is, where your mids are. If your top end is a little too chirpy or whatever, it won't tell you how long your reverb tails are or anything, um, but it's a really nice reference check of like, are you tricking yourself because of the room you're in, because of the new monitors you have, the headphones you're using? Like, whatever the situation is, it's really nice to know that that's kind of a tool that um, I originally saw you using it for, like, two seconds. You'd throw it up, double-check something, sweep through the frequencies listening into it, which is a really nice feature that's in it, because it actually has a very pleasing way of, like, isolating those little ranges that you're selecting. But it was a really nice way of just making sure, like, okay... I'm not overthinking this. <laughs> or, you know what? I thought so. I thought I had more bass in this than I usually do. Yeah. Um, the way that I use it is kind of like a double checker. So, first off, the tonal balance control is uh, it's like a frequency analyzer. So, there's a lot of companies that have a frequency analyzer. But the nice thing about the tonal balance control is that um, it's more of like an average RMS peak kind of thing. And it has guides as to what usually... You can pick a genre and what the genre usually kind of fits frequency-wise. And and in the path, you can try to get it to fit in the path, but when I'm using it, my goal is not to get it to fit in the path, but more importantly, like, I use it as a reference to make sure that what I'm hearing is actually what I'm getting. So in my room, most of the time, without trying, without having to double-check, my frequency spectrum is showing me exactly what I'm hearing. If there's a dip in the mids, I usually did that on purpose. Um, on the opposite hand, if I didn't mean to dip the mids, but I'm seeing on the scale 
on the tonal balance control that the mids are dipped, then I'm definitely going to make some adjustments. So it's kind of yeah. like a reference as to what I'm doing on purpose or trying to do on purpose. Yeah, the funny thing is I tend to leave it on, uh, what is it called, uh, the bass-heavy setting? Um, because it's almost like a straight-line curve downward, but I kind of have learned what my mixes look like in that graph to where I'm like, okay, I usually like having a little more top than what this graph is showing or a little less in the like two 300 range or something. But it's kind of funny. You don't have to necessarily rely on these curves to say anything about like, oh, if you're doing country music, like you have to have this much top end or typically this and that because you could actually import a song. Uh, you can actually have it analyzed like an external file. But the coolest thing is that let's say you were to compare like a J. Cole record versus a Cisco record, two completely different artists, two completely different genres. You'll notice that the curves are wildly different. So if you just use it, just like DK said, like a roadmap, it, it just it's not going to be the greatest use of it. But rather start learning what mixes you do like. You can actually load a batch of them, which is kind of cool. You can actually do a batch scan, which is like take 10 songs that you really like, like put some Michael Jackson, some Quincy, uh, throw some Beastie Boys if you want. And if they all kind of fit a lane or something, it's going to map out what it thinks is the best representation of it. But it's kind of a good tool to know, like, hey, I'm really just trying to get close. I'm not trying to get exact, but as long as I have a similar sense, then this tool is a great representation of that. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Actually, uh, and I do think that you, you you glossed over part that I think is very important. You can actually upload. You said you can actually upload your own audio file. Yeah. So if you download or have an audio file of your reference tracks, you can actually upload the file. It'll change the course of the the mapping uh, the mapping frequency spectrum, mm -hmm. the maps frequency spectrum and like the goal area, which is really cool. I've done that before in the past. Um, it's very cool, especially for songs where the reference is really weird. On that note, um, if you're listening right now, I do want to mention, they've asked us to mention, we do have a 10% off coupon for all of our listeners from Isotope. Save that money. Take it, take the, take the, Take the discount. Yeah, so the 10% off does not work on the subscription models, but it does. Or Aspire, I believe, right? Yeah, the Spire. Uh, the Spire. Studio, yeah, right? like the actual physical. Interface. Interface looking thing. Um, but uh, they do have 10% off. Uh, if you go to isotope.com backslash podcast. Once again, that's isotope.com backslash podcast And use the code mmpod10. One more time, that's MMPOD10. Um, use that, you get 10% off any of their stuff other than the subscription and Spire. Um, and uh, yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate you checking them out. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, with that said, because I believe it's uh, a, not a single use, but I believe it's uh, uh, when you do it at checkout, I don't know if it's on a single item or if it's on the total cart, but if you did have to recommend one plug-in or plug-in bundle that's there that you can use a coupon like i already know what i would recommend it on but what would be your favorite plugin that's out right now or what would you say is the most useful for anyone that maybe is unfamiliar with isotope which one do you think made the biggest difference for you oh that's really hard i think the classic one would be neutron um just because it does have everything it's got compression saturation as modules, exciters. Um, it's got uh, EQ, dynamic EQ, 
Um, and it's meant for mixing. They do have like automatic things as well. So you can click one click of the button. It'll like automatically yeah. make something down. Although for me and my, per- if I was talking to me, someone like me, a little bit more experienced, I would say Ozone Pro. Yeah, Ozone is definitely where I'm landing. Ozone Pro for sure. And and not the standard, the Pro, because the ones that come with it, the vintage, mm-hmm. the vintage limiter, vintage compressor, the vintage uh, tape simulator, as well as um, low-end focus. That'd be advanced, right? Uh, like yeah, if, the pro or the advanced. Pro is the advanced. Is this, yeah, Ozone Ten, yeah. the new one, which is Ozone Ten Advanced mm-hmm. or Ozone Pro, um, has like the master rebalance, which is amazing for two tracks. Uh, just cool utilities. Yeah. Where if you're looking, if you don't have a lot of plugins before and you don't have a lot of utility, um, then I would say that Neutron is your best like starting first pack. Mm-hmm. But if you already have a bunch of plugins and you're kind of you already know what you're doing, I would say Ozone Pro or Ozone Advanced. I know we've talked about Ozone a lot in the past too, especially because of Master Rebalance about how we use it as almost like uh, not necessarily a repair tool, but at the same time that just as well. You know, when we get sent songs to master or something, vocals may be a little low or uh, vocals may be too loud compared to the music, and they want us to even it out in the master. It's like, well, we don't really have a lot of control over that, but master rebalance in that really cool for that but my favorite tool personally has to be the low end focus i do like the low end focus um that's a really cool tool it can, can be you describe can you describe what it sounds like or what do you what you had to guess that it's uh, doing if i had to guess it's a transient designer and a side chain compressor at the same time and it's frequency dependent yeah um you can it also kind of feels like it's doing something with phase too a little bit. So that's kind of where I think it kind of adds that contrast. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anything, it's got to be a combination of that transient designer and sidechain because I feel like it's adding some punch to the center frequency. It, it knows how to find that one transient frequency. If you just highlight it, it'll help you find it too because it'll start to highlight certain areas that it may be adding contrast to. But if you notice, like the surrounding frequencies seem to duck a little bit. Like I want to say that it ducks the sides while boosting the transient. Hmm. You know, it kind of like a give and take relationship, almost like the Poltec low end trick, which hmm. is you boost and cut the low end at the same frequency. But what is it? What does it do? Like I guess what does the plugin do for anybody that's never so heard of it? The contrast tool to me sounds like it's adding a lot more punch. If you ever wanted clarity between your kick and bass. One, that's more in the mix than it is in the master. But when you're mastering a song, and let's say that there's enough clarity to where you can distinguish that there is a punch to the kick, but you're trying to bring it out a little more, you can actually use the contrast tool, raise the contrast up, and actually have it make it stand out more. Lower the contrast tool and have it blend in. The smooth tool actually kind of acts like that Motown R&B, that Neil Soul glue between kick and bass where they really kind of play together as one transient when they hit the note together or the downbeat together and it really smooths over the transient yeah it's i do actually like that. really cool and you can have more contrast or you can have less contrast because i think we've also yeah. had mixes or masters that we've had to do where the kick was just outrageously too loud yeah at that point bass. lower the contrast That'd be yeah. great. <laughs> and that's a really cool, low end focus is a really cool module. So Ozone and Neutron, they're both like a, a suite of plugins, but they have, you can use the individual plugins by itself, or you can 
kind of use their Neutron or Ozone Suite plugin where you can uh, insert their different modules. And they're kind of slightly overlapping modules, but very different at the same time, like the harmonic distortion tool, um, both in Neutron and Ozone. Uh, so Neutron, I recently started using. I use the um, Transient because, Designer in Neutron all the time. You know, I haven't tried that one yet, but I, I want to say that's somewhat That's similar. like my go-to kick. That's my go-to kick Transient Designer. You know, for me, it's always been uh, like the classic like SPL units. You know, I used to have the hardware here, but ever since I got rid of it, like... I've been looking for something good. Yeah, because uh, the Neutron one, it's you can split up the frequencies. Okay. So you can say you can boost the attack and cut the sustain of anything 100 hertz and below. You can obviously it's like infinitely mm-hmm. scale, like you can you can stretch it out wherever you want it to be. So in my like uh, my kick template thing that I've made, it was like 80 to 100 hertz and below, and I have like 100 to 200 hertz, and then like three or like 100 to 350 or something like that, and like 300 and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I set up like the low sub frequencies for the kick, the actual, like the, the chesty thump mm-hmm. and like the top end. And then, um, and then I kind of like do the, the transient designer separately across those fre- three frequencies. That's pretty common for me. Nice. I tend to actually do more saturation for transient design. Um, I found myself doing a lot more saturation in my kicks and bass to get them to hit harder and to stand out. So I'm kind of curious to try this transient designer inside of Neutron. But um, honestly, similar to that, I just focus on frequency dependent. And then I try to actually see what type of saturation works best. You know, some people say, oh, I love the way my kick and bass sounds through tape. Some people say, I like the way it sounds through tubes. It adds grit. It adds a boxiness to it. You um, you use the saturation stuff on Ozone all the time. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, it's almost on every master that I do. How do you use it? Because I like the way that you use it. What what do you, What's kind of like your end goal with it? My end goal is to add what I seem to have forgotten to add in the beginning uh, or couldn't in a in a gluing sense. My goal is to actually glue with saturation more than it is to make it nasty because sometimes i want to make it nasty sometimes i go overboard with the saturation on purpose like 808 sometimes are just a little too pretty and because of that um i i think i've made this reference my cell phone my iphone is the ns10 of iphones like it just <laughs> it's so disgusting so bad. bad why is your speaker it's his speaker on his iphone is broken i don't know why. like if it if it was if it was a visual representation consider Broken teeth, the visual representation. <laughs> like somebody just went to McDonald's, bought a cheeseburger, and you're like, "How is he going to eat that with no teeth?" That's my phone. Um, so basically, uh, the way I like to use it is more like um, if I can't hear it on my phone, the 808. Chances are, it needs a little bit of grit to stand out a little more, right? So I tend to use more of the tube saturation on anything that's about like. Sometimes I go as high as like 120 hertz and below, but generally speaking, about 100 hertz and below. Um, and on that one, I actually like to use the tube saturation to get some of that. Burn. Like, I want those upper harmonics. I don't want the lower harmonics. The lows already sounded great. I just want it to resonate a little bit higher. But the cool thing is that I switch over to the low mids, which is my like 100 to like 400 hertz, maybe 600 on a high. Um, but I'm really just trying to get that like range and add a little bit of grit to that. So I'll either do tape 
I'll do triode or I'll do uh, warm. Which and are, warm by the way, pretty... um, the saturation thing, you could divide up the frequencies, which ones you want to saturate, as well as you can just like change up the style of saturation. So they have tape mode, warm mode. Uh, triode, sure. dual triode. They have warm. Pentode. They have analog, pentode. Um, like a bunch of different options for different types yeah. of saturation. Yeah, they even have a loose setting. I'm just kidding, but please make that isotope. That'd be nice. Yeah, and uh, for reals though, like uh, it is really, really flexible, which is why I think oh, yeah. we end up tending to use it. Yeah, because uh, the warm setting, sometimes I'll use that on my upper mids, but on my lower mids, it's nice because it adds kind of like a pillowy fluff. Like it's almost like a blur because sometimes, uh, you know me, I focus a lot on my low mids. I like adding clarity, but sometimes it's too clear, so I just need to disgusting it up a little bit. Um, but in a nice, pleasing way, their warm setting is nice. Um, but the triode setting adds a nice little bit of grit and bite to where if you really wanted to add excitement to low mid vocals, like backing vocals or like, uh, rap doubles where maybe you have like three stacks of doubles on top of a lead and you're really trying to make them sound aggressive. That triode setting in the low mids is really nice. Um, on the upper mids, like I said, warm analog or a triode works well, but, uh, analog works really well on the top end. It mm. actually adds a little bit of pops and clicks, funny enough, mm. which sometimes is pleasing. If you add the right that. amount, yeah, when you add the right amount, like it actually rounds off the transient on the top end. That's interesting. I need to try that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the vintage drive as well. I use that a lot. Mm-hmm. The vintage, uh, the vintage tape emulation on Ozone. Yeah. I use that like during mixing all the time, uh, as well as sometimes on the master. And uh, I love that thing. It's very clean. I keep using other tape emulations, and mm-hmm. I just keep going back to that one because um, it's very neutral, or you can have it be very colorful depending yeah. on the options. I would say the one problem with it is that it's a little bit, has too many options, has a lot of options. Uh, but if you already know, like if you're a little bit more experienced, a little more seasoned, and you know exactly what type of tape sound that you want, um, so instead of like guessing where where you want it to go, you kind of already have an idea. I can't think of any other better tape plugin. It's one of my favorites for sure. You can really Definitely. drive it, distort it. You can have a really big low end emphasis or high end emphasis. You could really smash some snares with it too. Oh yeah, and like to- on a drum bus, really oh, nice. Oh yeah, it's so nice, so nice. So yeah. I do think that that's really one of my favorites in the Ozone Suite. Have you ever used it to actually kind of elongate the reverb that's on that bus? No, hold on. Wait, what? So using the distortion to make little details in that bus stand out a little more. Kind of like parallel compression. Like a drum bus, you said? Yeah. So like if your snare needed to ring out a little more, but you're really trying to crush it too. Instead Mm. of doing parallel compression aggressively with an 1176, sometimes really slamming it into a tape saturation tool and then bringing back the mix knob, you'll notice that your tails get a little bit longer too. There you go. That would make sense. I need to try that with the vintage tape. Honestly, a lot of what we're talking about is the goodness of saturation that they have. But the one thing that nobody ever likes to talk about, I know there's a love-hate thing on this, but I love their dynamic EQ specifically for the mid-range and for Mm. ducking it. Um, I probably use two bands, maximum three at a time when I'm doing mastering using the Ozone Dynamic EQ. Uh, reason being is that it actually has a much smoother way than some other brands 
dynamic EQ tools at taking harshness away from the mids. Like, I know some people want to boost or cut from the highs. Some people leave it untouched. I know a lot of people that leave their highs untouched when they use Ozone unless they're doing some saturation. But I actually really like it for taking harshness or honkiness out of the mids. Something where you're like, I need this kind of bite to come through for the mix to stay this way. But maybe there's a plugin like Soothe that's out there that's supposed to take harshness away. It doesn't always do that great, but this thing does it in such a unique way that it's almost smooth. Hmm. It's weird. Like nobody ever can tell that I'm using it. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of different engineers that have different EQs and dynamic EQs for different flavors and sounds. Um, so I think that's interesting. I need to use that a little bit more often. Um, on that note, um, I just, before we kind of close, I want to talk about one of my favorite ones other than tonal balance. Cause I do use tonal balance control a lot, um, is, uh, insight. Usually they, those two stay on my master bus side by side. Tonal balance control is kind of like mapping and monitoring the spectrum, the to- the spectrum, the balance of the frequencies in the mix and insight is mapping and, and watching, monitoring the loudness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of other modules in it, um, but I mostly look at the loudness meter, the LUFS, the loudness units, loudness units full scale, the LUFs, the LUFs. Oh, that, that LUFs Lou. Luffy Lou. Actually, I'm going to make a name tag of that. There you go. There you go. I'm Luffy <laughs> Lou. Uh, Thank you, Isotope, for the idea. Yeah, no, I did the... <laughs> But um, they also have like a bunch of like different sort of like spectrograms and analyzers to kind of analyze the master as well as while you're printing. And I use that as kind of like my master uh, analyzer for everything. Um, And uh, I do use it every single mix. That and tonal balance control are the two that I use every single mix regardless um, because they are great for monitoring and kind of keeping up, making sure that my mixes are sounding the way that I want them to sound. So on that note, if you're listening, again, once again, that website for that 10% discount is isotope.com backslash mmpodcast. Once, one more time, isotope.com backslash mmpodcast. Or use the coupon code mmpod10, mmpod10. Um, we'll also have it on our website, macymusicpodcast.com, where you, if you click on our sponsors list, you will find them. It'll take you directly to that link. So thanks again, Isotope, for sponsoring. Thank you a lot. Yeah, and we'll be talking about them at least once every episode for the next for the next few months. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we're thankful, we're blessed, and uh, we're grateful to have you on board. On that note, my friends, if you have any questions about mixing or about Isotope or anything like that, feel free to DM us on Instagram um, at DK Mixes, D-E-E-K-E-I-M-I-X-E-S, or at Midside Sound. M-I-D-S-I-D-E-S-O-U-N-D, question mark? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know some people keep messaging uh, the Mixing Music Podcast Instagram, which I do not update, nor do I check very often, so I apologize. It's better if you just DM us directly. Um, So on that note, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three.
Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.